is calling him and showing him he's going in the wrong uh, direction and how he needs to correct his life uh, for he is persecuting um, the God whom he loves. And so we see here definitely God trying to correct him and help him to know where he should be and how he's heading in the wrong uh, direction. Uh, sometimes in our lives, we think we are heading in the right direction only to discover we're heading in the wrong uh, direction. Uh, Saul is heading on his way to Damascus with a purpose in mind to to attack and kill. and But yet God wants to save him and heal him. And so we look, continue on looking again. Verse 3, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Rise and go into the city, and it shall be told to thee what thou must do. And so now we see Saul being uh, arrested by God, uh, stopped by God, uh, from going in the wrong direction for the wrong purpose, with the wrong motive, with the wrong objective. Now he has new direction, and God is telling him that I have a new direction for you. Saul now wondering, where is this direction? God says, I will give you instructions on how to go there as we look at this text i want you to start thinking about how you too want to know are you headed in the right direction read a ponder of that how you must seek god and seek him fully to see if, that you are going in the right uh, direction uh, saul is aware by god because one god tells him that you are persecuting me then secondly, he points out to him that you're fighting against me and you're kicking against the pricks. Basically, you're not going to be successful in persecuting uh, me, Jesus. And, and so Saul is trying to figure out who is this. And he says, I am Lord. I am Jesus. I am the one whom crucified, uh, resurrected, now ascended into heaven. And so in trembling and astonished, um, Paul, Paul, Saul, we see in verse six says, what will thou have me do? And Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so Saul does not get immediate instructions on what he should do. He is told that he needs to wait for further instructions. This is so true in our lives that we want to jump into things. We want success right away. We want the answers right away. Uh, we want instant success, instant gratification. But here God is telling him that you need to wait until I tell you what's next. In times in our lives that when we are ready and we think we're ready, but we're not ready, we need to allow God to move in our lives to prepare those things that need to be prepared so that we can have the success that we want to have. And so now we find him that uh, Saul has a new purpose. He has a new object. He has a new goal, a new direction in life. But yet Saul does not know where to go. He does not know what to do. And he's not ready yet. And God is going to prepare him to do what God has called him to do. And so when you look at this, right, that Saul was once headed in this direction to Damascus to persecute uh, the children of God. And now God, seeing that Saul is not meeting his full purpose, stops him and helps him out and says, hey, 
if you really want to be about my business, this is how you can be about my business by you not doing this, but doing what I'm calling you to do. Once Saul identifies that this is God and, and he humbly submits himself to God, he says, God, what must I do? God says, now that I got your attention, you need to wait for further instructions. It's the waiting period that hurts us, the waiting period that, that hurts us, that we want it now. We're not willing to be patient. We're not willing to allow somebody else to go before us. Uh, we don't want to celebrate somebody else's victories. We want our victories. We want our flowers. We want our rewards. But God has shown us in here how we ought to wait our turn. Wait until God says it's the time to go. Uh, Saul is not ready to go. And so verse 7 says, and then the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was th three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. So not only was Saul uh, stopped from going there, but we find out now that he was blinded. Uh, this blindness is also kind of a way to symbolize also that he was going blind uh, or he was living blind, that he was not in full understanding, a full wisdom, a full knowledge of who Jesus is. And so now as he's blind, he's waiting to gain sight. He's waiting to gain knowledge. He's waiting to be informed. He's waiting to be instructed and guided. Notice that his men had to guide him by hand and get him to Damascus just to wait three days. And for three days, uh, he did not eat nor drink. For three days, he was without sight. For three days, uh, he is under the instruction and ministry of God to help prepare him and change him uh, for what he's going to do. Uh, to the Saul that he once was now is gone. He's becoming someone new with a new purpose, with a new goal. And so when he did not eat nor drink, verse 10, now God is working in the background. And so Saul is, is seeing what's happening to him, but Saul's not aware uh, that God is preparing somebody else to be a blessing to him. Again, are we willing to wait? Are we willing to be patient? Are we willing to allow God to move in our lives, speak in our lives? Are we willing to God to do something else in somebody else's life while we're waiting for it to happen in our lives? Are we waiting, uh, allowing God to show us while we're waiting to trust him, to allow him to groom us, change us? Uh, that we might mature, that we might have better understanding before we move and before we act. Are we allowing God to be God in our lives and we be his servants? We submit surrendering and submitting to his will so that we can see uh, God's grace, his mercy, his providence moving in our lives. But we realize that it had to be by God because we are not in control. We cannot make things work out for our good, but God can make all things work. For the good of those who love and called according to his purpose. So this is how we can see uh, his great will moving in our lives when we allow ourselves to step back and receive this. But so, so here it says Saul is, is sitting down. Saul was being patient. Saul was being taught. Saul was being led by God. And so now we see God moving now in the background where Saul's not aware of what's going on because now we're going to be introduced to another person that's a blessing in Saul's life to give him. Uh, the support he needs to begin his ministry. There's also a ministry that God is calling him to do. When we look at verse 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. He told him and said, The Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord 
said unto him, Arise and go in the street which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive uh, his sight. So here's right now is that God has revealed, we find out, to Saul that Ananias is going to come to him. Also, we find out that Ananias, a servant of God, is being called by God to go uh, to Saul. One thing I want to highlight is that God is always putting things in, in, in order. God is always putting things in place and position that we can get the production that we need to see in our lives. Nothing in this text is happening by accident. Everything's happening by design and by purpose. Uh, Saul on his way to Damascus for one reason has now changed that he's coming there for another reason. God on uh, Saul is blinded and now being enlightened. Uh, he is in dark. But he's receiving light and teaching and, and vision and history of who God is and how to preach and proclaim uh, this gospel. Uh, Ananias is now being called by God to be his vessel to help in, encourage uh, Saul to embark in this great ministry of proclaiming and preaching uh, this gospel. So now we see that Saul was learning about how great God is and wants to preach this word. But yet Ananias. Uh, knowing the history, the, knowing the character, uh, knowing the work of Saul is kind of having some second thought, some apprehension about going to meet uh, this one that is notorious of killing people like Ananias. Verse 13 reads, then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to the saints of Jerusalem. And there and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all. They call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. What we, we see here is that God is telling Ananias, I know what he has done as you know what he has done. But Ananias, what you do not know, what you are not able to understand and comprehend is that I know what he's going to do. I have chosen him. Look what the word of God says. It says, I have chosen him. God says that he is my chosen vessel, my chosen instrument uh, to bear my name. Before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. See, one thing that Ananias did not understand, what God is pointing out to him, that you know people's past, but I know their future. I want to encourage you today that God knows your future. People do know your past and they will speak about your past or tell you how you are no good. They tell you what you have done. They tell you what you did not accomplish. They tell you of your failures. But God can see what you can do when you put your trust in him, when you change your life and you have been delivered. You've been received. You've been washed by the blood of the lamb and knowing that yet who I used to be is no longer who I am because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That the God, when he calls you to do great things, that great things you shall do when you'll keep on trusting 
in him. Do not allow people to limit you. Do not allow people to put boundaries on you, to put a lid on you, to box you, to hinder you, to obstruct you from doing what God has called you to do. And God is able to break through barriers. God is able to open up doors. God is able to close doors. God is able to move mountains. God is able to dry up water. God is able to make water come out of a rock. He can do exceedingly above beyond what we could ask or think or even imagine. So when we allow God to express the fullness of his power in our lives, we are able to walk by faith and see the greatness of God moving in our lives. There's people out there who have been paralyzed because they are fearful of failing. They're scared of disappointment. And so therefore they don't accomplish or try anything. But God is here to point out to you that if you just trust in him, what you definitely think is impossible for man, it is impossible with God, all things all possible. When I say all things, all things you do for his will, all things you do for his glory. Notice that Saul was trying to do some things outside of God's will, what God has corrected him. He knocked him down and turned him around. Now in the background, he's getting Ananias to come uh, to speak and encourage and, and help Saul fulfill uh, his purpose. I'm going to encourage you that you, you too, might need to be an Ananias in somebody else's life. Look, look what Ananias is. And Ananias went, went away, verse 17, and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as you came as have sent me, that thou mightst receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes that had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. And was saw, and then was saw certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. So he went to go persecute these people. Now he becomes their brethren. Now he is baptized and filled uh, with the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage you to point out that verse 16, God tells us to Ananias that uh, my chosen vessel, my chosen instrument, who I chose to preach uh, this gospel to Gentiles, to kings, and to the children of Israel, uh, that he will know how great and, and my will is, my name is, but also he's going to suffer uh, for my name's sake. Uh, basically, that uh, Saul's work is going to be passionately expressed through suffering, through heartaches and pain. Now, Saul is not fully aware of what we know now, uh, because we can read this Bible and see the full content and the history. Uh, that's what Saul was about to go through. Saul is not aware uh, that he was going to be shipwrecked. He's going to be in prison. He's going to be in chains when he goes speaks to the kings. But the writing of this of this book of Acts knows that as he's introducing us to Saul and this purpose right here, that this book ends with Saul under house arrest in Rome, uh, proclaiming the gospel. And so we see here that we may not know our destination, uh, but yet we ought to know that God is going to get us to where he wants us to be. And so in our journey, uh, in our walk with God. Uh, we need to learn to be patient. We need to learn to understand uh, that it may not go the direction you want to go. It may not go the pace 
we wanted to go. But yet we ought to know that God is still moving. Uh, God is still guiding us. God has not given up on us. And so when we allow God to be God, uh, then it gives him permission to allow us to see uh, miraculous things happen because we're no longer fighting against him. We're no longer working against him, but we're working with him. We're partners in this great ministry. God allows us to partner with him in his great will and his great work. And so here it is that unbeknownst to Saul at this moment, at this time, uh, that he's going to be shipwrecked. He's going to be stoned. He's going to be left for dead. He's going to be whipped uh, for preaching this gospel. He's going to be chased for preaching this gospel, but yet he still is willing to preach this gospel and so when we are doing what we love we're willing to pay the cost and and pay the price Uh, we're willing to suffer things in order to get the fruit uh, from our work here it is we see in this text uh, Saul was already addressed by God and predestined by God that in preaching this gospel uh, Saul will face these different adverse circumstances in his life. But yet Saul will be able to endure these things because he's going to accomplish the purpose and the will that God gave to him. And so when we do this, we ought to serve him and give him glory and give him honor. We ought to know that there's purpose for this suffering, there's purpose for these trials and tribulations I'm dealing with in my life. And so let us not give up. Let us not give in. But let us realize that nothing is in vain when we're doing it for the Lord. And so be steadfast and be moving, knowing your labor is not in vain, knowing that as long as we keep our faith in God and lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our paths and he will give us strength and he will give us peace. Thank you. God.